Okay. I wish, I hope people are watching on YouTube sometimes. I know we don't have like a huge YouTube following, but I just, I love the expressions. I love that every so time good. we start a podcast, we're both just like, oh, here we go again. Why don't like, we, did I just why don't we do, do this better? Why don't we do this better? But I will say the other day I had somebody message me and they were like, I love when you guys just like catch up on your life because I, it's, it's just, it's like, I don't know. I, we always feel like who cares about what we're doing, but yeah. some people like it. Some people enjoy us like just bullshitting each other and, it, you know, catching up. So we'll just go with that. We'll just go with the fact that mm -hmm. people still listen to the podcast. So it must not be that bad. You must be getting something out of it. Welcome. Yeah. I feel like, you around. know, entertainment and education, yes. you know, you gotta have a good balance there. Yes. Edutainment let's call it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like that. Let's just dive right in, shall we? Because we have some questions that some smart folks have been sending us um, through our email address, which for the record is muscle science for women, number four at gmail.com. Send us your mm -hmm. questions, send us your topic ideas, send us whatever spicy fun things you want us to talk about. Um, speaking of spicy and fun, what did you just drink? I just saw you drink a can of something oh, yeah. that looked good. Uh, just it? some seltzer water. Okay. Uh, orange vanilla flavor. I like Waterloo. it. Waterloo. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Orange vanilla. Okay. I pair it with the regular water, you know. I was just being nosy there. Okay. Uh, let's dive into the questions. Let's see which was the first one that I wanted to ask. Um, actually, let's let's start with this one because this will be a nice icebreaker. And I listen. I heard this on another podcast, and I thought we just ask it of each other and I'm putting you on the spot. So you got to go first. The question, the question was what's something you really felt strongly about or believed about health and wellness, maybe, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, whatever that you have kind of changed your mind on. And I think it's a good question to kind of ask yourself, ask each other as people in this sort of service industry, right. Where we're trying to help people because there is so much around people trying to like pretend that they're always right. And Kind of downplaying when they've learned new things. And um, I think it's important for people to like admit that they're constantly learning new things and maybe they've changed mm -hmm. their mind on some things. And it doesn't, it doesn't even mean you were wrong 10 years ago. It just means you kind of feel differently about some things now. So what, yeah. does anything come I mean, to mind? I feel like I change my mind about things like every year as I yeah. learn and not, maybe not super dramatically, but like, as you're learning new things, you should be change your mind on certain things you should be exploring and like be like oh yeah like I thought that for a little while and now maybe it doesn't make as much sense anymore mm -hmm. um but I think that's all part of like continuing education I think that's something that like we are really good at like we are nerds so we love to just continue to Learn. branch out and learn new things and I think one thing that I've definitely learned to do over the years is to never be like matter of fact about anything when it comes to or not anything but like certain things when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition um i think there are some like core things that are always going to be there and always going to be kind of my belief um just based off of like the immense amount of positives that i've seen from it um for example like i'm never going to tell you that walking is bad for you yeah or that yeah. eating good quality protein is bad for you. Like I'm always going to believe that maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my uh, views on the amounts potentially if there's some crazy research that comes out on that. Um, but also taking research with a grain of salt and realizing that like one research study 
uh, is not the end all be all. So you always have to keep that in mind. Um, but this is me talking too much as always. So I will give my <laughs> answer. Um, I think it's probably, you probably know the answer, uh, or what I'm going to say is keto, right? So I was in the keto world for a while. Um, has it been 10 years? I don't even know when, what's, what year are we in? 2024? Yeah. 2014. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I graduated grad school in 20. 16. And that's when I did the first study looking at the ketogenic diet in non-elite CrossFit athletes. And that's when keto started to get like pretty popular. Um, so for a few years there, I saw benefits from that through that study, through myself, through clients. And I was like, wow, keto is like the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it kind of turned into, okay, maybe it's not the thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and definitely change my mind on some things with that. Um, I do think there's benefits behind it. I'm, I'm not saying that like there aren't. There absolutely are, especially for certain populations, certain people. I think there's a huge benefit to being metabolically flexible, which I still believe 100% in is, is is something that a lot of people are not and can probably be healthier and more fit if they were. Mm -hmm. um, but I... Yeah. So probably certain things within keto, you know, fearing carbs and all that stuff. I've definitely yeah. changed my mind about. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How about you? I'm trying to think of something good. I mean, I, I, you sort of came into it from the keto perspective. I came into it from like the paleo ancestral health perspective. And I got to say, I haven't changed my mind on that. I still think it's a smart dietary approach for most people. And it, because it, has so much variance. It's really just trying to eat less processed food, eat a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. You know, the actual macros are like up to you. So I still actually think that's right. And I, I believe in that, even if people roll their eyes and think it's a fad and say it's the whole caveman thing, it's like, no, it's just eat real food. I think yeah. that's right. I would say like, what's coming up for me right now is something that I think it's like reflected in my own journey. And then it's how it's reflected in my coaching is that I used to feel very, beholden to getting results, getting tangible results like weight loss or body composition. And like, I was not doing my job unless my clients lost an appreciable amount of weight or like looked significantly different by the end of our work together. And I have felt, and maybe it's just like the different clientele that I have now, but more recently I have felt that I really feel like the biggest impact that I can make with my one-on-one -on -one clients is helping them understand their bodies better, but also just like feel better about themselves. Like I have had clients lose weight and they're like, that's amazing. That's awesome. I've had clients get stronger and feel really good, but what's most really validating and makes me really happy are the clients who are just like, I feel just, I feel more confident. I just feel better about myself. I feel like I care less about oh, the number on the scale. Like it's really more of like a mindset thing. Um, and it's something that I've been kind of trying to come to terms with myself too, as I, you know, enter a phase of my life where I just, I care less about that stuff and also have less time for it. But because so much of my life I dedicated to it, I, I still feel this friction of like, I should be trying harder, you know, like I should be trying harder to be super ripped and fit and like keep up with all these other people. And then I'm just like, but I just I really actually don't want to. And it's an interesting yeah. perspective change to be like, I, I, 
I don't want to. So I probably just shouldn't because I don't want to and I don't care. And like being okay as a more type A person, being okay with putting 75 to 80% effort into my health and getting that much back, you know, like it's really hard to not feel like, well, I'm failing because I'm not going 110%. And so I'm not getting these crazy results. And it's like, I'm getting the results that are commensurate with the effort that I'm putting in. And I think that's really good to communicate to your clients too, because I have so many clients who are like, I want to go balls to the wall and I want to work super hard. I want to do X, Y, Z. And then over three to six months, they're not doing that. They're, they're doing fine. They're putting some effort in. And I'm like, you're not failing. It's just the goal is not, is not realistic with what you're actually trying to do with your life. And sometimes it's okay to just make health changes that improve your life, that don't make you look like a cover model, that don't make Mm -hmm. you like the strongest you've ever been. It's not a failure. It's just aligning your goals with what you're doing. You and I talk about this in the podcast all the time, but I guess just, you know, now I'm rambling, but I think, you know, it really is becoming more important to me in my work to make people feel good than to give them maybe superficial short-lived fitness results that look good in a picture or on paper. I'd much Mm -hmm. rather have people come away and be like, I know how to work out in the gym now and I like it and I feel strong and I feel good about myself and I am eating more protein. I know how to do that now versus somebody just saying, I worked with you for six months and I lost 20 pounds, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's something that we talk about, talk about all the time is like shifting the and I think this is something that is becoming more popular amongst women. And I feel like we've definitely helped pave the path. A little yeah. pat on the back yeah. is trying to stop being the smallest version of yourself and start being the strongest version of yourself. Um, and you know, and this, you know, you've probably seen this. I've said it many times. We've both said it. People have seen memes around, but um, I did see someone else post about it like the other day, and it was uh kind of the saying like women, uh, the women who think they need to lose the last five pounds actually need to gain five pounds of muscle to actually see the body composition that they're envisioning with that, the loss of the five pounds. So if you're someone who's like, I can't lose this last five pounds, I've been trying forever, shift your perspective. Like, do you actually need to lose five pounds or do you actually need to spend time eating enough food, fueling your body, fueling your hormones, fueling all the things in the appropriate way build some muscle, work hard, lift heavy shit, and then you'll actually see the body composition that you want to see or that you think you want to see. So, you know, it's rethinking that. um, And I think that it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I think if you keep listening to our podcast, maybe it'll stick (laughs) eventually. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that I do think that if you are someone who has been struggling with your body composition for a long time and you've never actually done anything about it. You've never hired a coach. You've never tracked your food. You've never paid attention to your programming with your lifting. Um, I do think there is immense confidence that can come from spending time going through that. Um, and we both have have had that, right? We've both done that. We put in that work. And I think that's a testament too to what you said is like you went, you put in the work right? Mm -hmm. So now you're at a place and I'm in a place in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm literally just trying to maintain. And that's 100% okay, because I've put in the work to get to this place. And I feel like 
once like some people get to that place where they're like, okay, I can maintain now and focus on other things in life. Now we're especially the type A, us type A are like, what's next? Like, why are, why am I not doing this? But it's like, no, you actually achieved what you were looking to achieve. And now you can focus on some other things. Now you don't have to be so caught up in, you know, being your leanest self. You can go focus on your kids or your work and put that at front of mind. And obviously still thinking about getting stronger and lifting weights and all that stuff. But you know, there's different phases of that. And I think that's something to be said about that. So it's so true. And you are bringing up something that's been kind of on my mind on the last, in the last week or two. And are you ready to get kind of real with me for a minute? I got to say something. (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) Don't be scared. It's more about conversations with some of my friends that I've, I've had recently that I've, I've been, toying with how to communicate this. And I, maybe it's not appropriate for me to communicate it to my friends because of the relationship that we have. So maybe I'll just put it out here on the podcast and people who need to hear it may hear it, but it's just something I've been thinking of. And you can, as always, because we do disagree sometimes, feel free to be like, hmm, I'm not sure about this, you know, cause I don't know. It's just what I've been thinking, but what you were talking about saying how, like we have done the work, right? Like At this point, very few people on earth are accidentally healthy and fit. It sucks to say it, but if you see somebody at any age past 25 and they look fit and strong and healthy, it's because they're putting in the work, generally speaking, right? And every decade that goes by that somebody is healthy and fit and looks good, they really put in the work, right? Because it doesn't get easier Mm -hmm. as you get older. And- What's kind of going on in my life right now, because I'm a couple years older than you, most of my friends are late 30s, 40, early 40s. And a lot of my friends who have not been focusing or have not made their health much of a priority for the last maybe 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, I don't know. Um, And I want to say here too, like, I know, like, this is our job. So we're in a bit of a different category. Like Mm -hmm. we have more time and more ability to put into this than the average person probably. But I'm talking about people who like really just did not prioritize their health at all. And now at maybe 40, they're maybe coming to me. They're maybe asking some questions. They're kind of trying to do some things. And I feel like in previous years, when I was younger, one of the things I would just I would keep repeating, and I do still feel this is true to an extent, is like, you don't have to completely rearrange your life, right? Like try some some habit changes around moving more, try to get some better sleep, try to eat more protein, like these basic building blocks we talk about all the time, right? I'm like, you don't have to be a healthy, fit freak Mm -hmm. person who thinks about it all the time. And sort of that's true, but I'm starting to, speaking of things changing, I'm starting to kind of feel like that is not the most accurate messaging for people in their forties and beyond anymore, because if you have not been putting in the work, you are not going to easily undo all of the things that you have been doing or neglecting to do for the last 10, 15 years. And so I have friends who maybe a decade ago, they saw me being super anal and hardcore and they're like, okay, well, yeah, she has abs, but I don't want to live like that. Now they see me kind of like being pretty chill about my health. Like I'm really not working that hard. And I'm still kind of maintaining a pretty decent life because I did all that other stuff. And because I'm still doing that basic stuff, but they can't emulate me and get the results they want anymore because we're not 25 because Mm -hmm. they don't have a decade or two decades worth of 
that basic foundational work that I've been doing. And so now it's like, actually, chances are if you have 40 pounds you need to lose, if your digestion is crazy, if your hormones are out of whack, going for walks and eating a bit more protein might not fix it at this point, you know? And that Mm kind of sucks. And it's like, I don't really want to tell my friends that. Like, I'm not in the the sort of like, of course, I, I will help my friends how I how I can, but like I'm not in the health coaching relationship where I can be like, well, guys, you effed up. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to, I want to be a supportive person, but I'm starting to feel like the advice is getting a bit different now because the advice that I would tell someone when they're 30 or whatever is not what I would tell people who are 40, you know, like, is Mm -hmm. that, is any of that like resonating with you? Am I just kind of. No, yeah, no, I think it makes complete sense, but I also think that they're like, like you said, there are several different foundational things too, that if you, maybe you did it before and you took time off and now you're kind of like not paying attention to it, but maybe you think you are paying attention to it, right? Like, is the, like, are you actually doing, are you actually taking the actions or are you just like pretending to? And when I say pretending to, like you do it for a day or two and then you revert back or, and then you're like, oh, I don't feel good anymore. So I'm going to go back a day or two. Um, so I think like, that's a huge thing. Um, and, but I do think, you know, if you, if you are someone who's been diligent about like you have 40 pounds to lose and you've been diligent about walking and protein, I would first ask the question of like, what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. Like, are you actually eating the amount of protein you're saying you're eating every single day for a consistent period of time? Are you actually paying, like tracking your steps over a consistent period of time? Like, are those things actually in reality happening or are you just telling me that they're happening? Because there's mm-hmm. two, they're they're completely different, right? And if they're in reality happening for a consistent period of time, for a long consistent period of time, then yes, there's probably other things that need to be, you know, dove into for sure. And even people who are in their 30s, that's the same thing too, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing is like, again, if you have been spinning your wheels, we talk about this all the time, and you're not seeing the results you want, it it could merely just be an accountability thing where you're like, okay, I need someone to come kick me in the butt for a few months and like hold me accountable and call me out. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Again, we talk about this all the time. Like that's a huge piece that people are not paying attention to, right? Um, they're not having that kick in the ass. They're not yeah. having that person like on their butts trying to say like, hey, you know, send me your uh, steps for the this week or whatever, right? Have a coach. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of insights you can gain about yourself when someone else is pointing these things out for you versus yeah. you thinking you're doing these things and, you know, not actually yeah. doing them. Does that make yep. sense? I completely, okay. I completely hear you. And it is true. And it's probably one of the biggest challenges to um, folks kind of, again, stepping into this world either for the first time or stepping back into it is like the level of consistency and attention you have to pay. You cannot, mm-hmm. you cannot half-ass it and expect to get noticeable results. You just cannot. And you especially can't do it when you're 40, 50, 60, as opposed to 20, 30, whatever. Um, yeah. And I would, I would just say here too, that if you are not ready to make the investment of a personal one-on-one coach, a really, really good second option is to sign up for Muscle Science for Women because you get 
a crazy training program that is incredibly comprehensive and has all the information and all the alternate exercises and all the progressive, you know, every bit of information you need to go through a program successfully, it's in there, as well as a ton of information about nutrition and how to figure out and track your macros and understand how much to eat for your goals. And then a ton of information about hormonal health, sleep, recovery, all that stuff. And you get access to the two of us. So it's not the same level as having us as a one-on-one -on -one coach, but it's pretty darn good. Like even today, you know, we got some questions in the, um, you know, portal, the online thing, and you went right in and answered them. Like if you have specific questions and you want somebody who is knowledgeable and will listen to you, like we're in there where it's about as close mm -hmm. to one-on-one -on -one personal coaching as you can get. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper than having a coach. Yeah. So something to think about. If yeah. you're listening to this and you're like, uh, yeah, I do need a kick in the ass. We can give you a kick in the ass if that's what you want. <laughs> Sign up for yeah. Muscle Science for Women and we'll give you a kick in the ass. So anyway. I love that. Shameless yeah, plug, no, I couldn't agree true. more. Yeah. yeah. And after you go, it's a three-month program. So after you go through that, like we've had a lot of people coming out of that and being like, wow, that is the kick, at, kick in the ass I needed. And I now I want a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So of course we have we both do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have my group coaching membership, which I've had lots of MSW women coming into that. Um, mm -hmm. And there's like, you know, can continue progressing and seeing the results that you want and putting in the work, right? Um, yep. Yep. That's the biggest thing, so. I love it. Okay, moving oh, on. Let's answer another? a couple more questions. Okay. Yes, we have a, a few more. Let's see what we can get through. Okay, this one is from T. She says, hi, Rachel and Ashley. I love listening to your podcast. I'm curious about this question. Um, I want to lose five to 10 pounds of fat. I want to work on having a solid six months of maintenance macros under my belt before doing that. My question is about margin of error. How many calories above or below is still a good range? So just for a case study example, she's saying she's 34, 5'9", about 155 pounds. She says, I find... Main, my maintenance calories are around 2100. In the past, I felt like anything at or below that was quote unquote good, but anything more than 50 calories above that felt bad or like I tanked my day. Um, she's saying she shoots for about 150 to 160 grams of protein, 70 grams of fat, 200 grams of carbs. Any idea on how big this range mm -hmm. can be? She says she's working on creating better mental expectations around this without getting so lax that I'm not effective, which I love. That's literally what we're just talking about. Like, don't be stressed out and overly anal, but also be on top of it enough that you actually know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, great question. Okay, just one clarification. She said that her around right now is 2100, she said. Yes. 2100. Okay. Yeah. 2100, that makes just yeah. based off of height, weight. I mean, it's never exact, but um, for a quick answer to this, uh, I think that in terms of maintenance range, it is going to be very individual because everybody, like, there are some people where their maintenance range is maybe within. 100 calories each each direction, right? So maybe it's between 2,000 to 2,200. They stay within that on a daily basis um, and they maintain their weight. But if they're consistently over 2,200, then they uh, start to see the trends go up um, in terms of scale and body composition. There's other people where they have um, their activity levels day to day may be completely different. So maybe thinking about like a shift worker. So maybe they are a nurse and, you know, they have their schedule, there's certain days during the week where they're on their feet for 
hours on end. Um, and then there's other days where they're literally just sitting for the whole day, right? That's going to be a complete difference in your activity level. Um, and so maybe there's some days where their maintenance calories are, there's like a, a bigger range, right? A bigger range up um, and other days where it's a lower range, right? And again, this sounds now it's like, oh, wow, this is really complex and all this stuff, but it's really not. Like if you think about it practically, it makes sense. If you are moving more, if you're using more energy, you're burning more energy throughout the day, then yes, eating a little bit more is, it makes sense, right? It'll even out. Um, so I would say if you are, you know, what's, uh, sorry, I forgot the name of the person who asked this question. T. Sorry? T, the letter T. T, T. Oh, cool name. Um, I would say if you find that your activity is pretty similar day to day, right? Like, you know, and of course tracking that, like tracking your movement, is a good way to quantify that. Um, then, you know, I would say probably your calorie maintenance range is within that, you know, if you've been tracking for a while, maybe it's between that 2000 and 22, maybe even 2300, right? Um, and that could be the range that you're in. And maybe it's like 21, like you stay between, you aim for like that 21 to 2200 for a while and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is like, it's not like a oh, one day I need to track this. It's like trends over time, right? And looking at like months, like, okay, I'm going to commit to eating around 22, 2300 calories for the next month and see what happens. Um, and I think that's again, important to think about too, is that if the scale goes up immediately, that doesn't mean that you're gaining body fat, right? This at maintenance, it's okay. And it's normal to see that scale fluctuate within a few pounds. Um, that's not what we're paying attention to. We're paying attention to the trends over that month to month period. Um, so that's what I would do. Um, and then another thing to think about too, is like being very honest with yourself in terms of if you are tracking, are you being accurate and consistent with that? Because at maintenance, and I do this too, there's days where I, you know, over the weekend, if I go out to dinner, I'm not going to track that. I'm at maintenance. Like I'm not going to, you know, on a date night, I'm not going to try to calculate what exactly what I had. Like I'm going to enjoy myself because I've been on point the rest of the week and I'm in my routine. Um, and so that's something to, to think about too. Like, are you truly only con um, consuming 2,100 calories throughout the week? Or there's some days where you actually are consuming higher and you're not really tracking that or being accurate about that. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be, it's just being aware of that too. Because if you, you could very well be averaging around 23 and 2,400 calories on a weekly basis, but because it doesn't show up in your tracking app and your tracking app says 2,100 at the end of the week, you look at that and you're like, oh, it's 2,100, that's my maintenance. Is it really? So those are some things to just be mindful of, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. I think that's great advice. And I think, you know, she's already demonstrating some self-awareness where she said at the end, like, I want to, um, you know, be aware without it totally sort of overtaking my life. And, you know, she mentioned that she, if she goes under her maintenance, she's fine with it. But if she goes a little over, she gets mm -hmm. a little worried. And again, these are very common reactions, especially women have because of that whole being scared of gaining weight and getting bigger. And most of us that that isn't our goal. So I think yeah. it's, again, it's the, it's the awareness, it's the tracking, it's being mindful. And it's also, um, again, just this sort of coming back always to this is data and information. This is not a moral personality judgment mm -hmm. about who you are. If you are off by some 
calories and you're not doing a great job and you get back to it, you're not a bad person. You just, just start again. If you do go over your calories more than you go under, you're not a bad person. It's just information. Just use it to figure out what you need to do to get to the goal that you want. That's it. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we have time for another question or do you want to talk about something that you, I think that we should talk about our, um, a sponsor, sponsor, which will also go into the report that I have, and then we can tackle the next question on the next pod. Okay, let's do it. All right. So okay. our sponsor today is Genova, and mm-hmm. they we talked about them a little bit uh, a while ago about their the testing that they do and all the different it's sort of direct to consumer um, testing. So if you want to get some answers about maybe your digestive health or your you know your guts and all kinds of different things. You can do this without having to go to your doctor and you can do the testing at home and you can mail in your whatever it is you have to mail in and then you get the, the get the answers. I have not done my test yet. You did and you got your results back. So talk to mm-hmm. us a little bit about the experience. Yeah. So um, shout out to Genova. I've been working with them for several years now. Just, you know, I'm friendly with them. They have a podcast. I've been on several times. Um, and they've grown over the years, which has been awesome to see. Um, but I did the GI effects test uh, recently. And if you are not familiar with the GI effects test, we will add the link in the description um, so you can check out their website. It goes through like all the different types of tests they have, um, you know, exactly what those tests involve. And then also the results that um, or the information that you would gather if you did take that test. Um, so I did the GI effects. It's kind of exactly what it meant. It it says it basically looking at your GI, it's a, um, a poop test. <laughs> uh, so you basically test your poop for a few days, send it in and they test all the, all the things. Um, and I've done this before. Um, but I actually just got the results back this morning from the one that I sent in. I, I believe it was about a week and a half ago. It takes a little time for the, you know, sample to go to the lab and then for do all the things. Um, so the GI effects test, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's like, I believe it's like a 10 page report and it kind of breaks down everything. Um, it's testing for different things. For example, the different types of bacteria. Um, we know that of course, you know, people hear bacteria and they're all like, Oh, bacteria is bad, but no, we know that we need different. We have good, the good bugs and the bad bugs you've probably heard. Um, so some, you know, in terms of good bacteria, we need that. We have that. Um, and it can kind of basically show you your, um, some of the most common types of bacteria, the good, the bad, whatever it may be, and your levels of that. Um, and it basically, it's called commensal bacteria and it can show you, um, like, oh, if you are lower on maybe say some, some good, um, some of the good bugs, what are some things that you can implement within your diet, uh, specific foods, whether it's like fiber or specific types of foods, um, that can help you prebiotics, probiotics to help you bring that up a little bit, um, which is a cool, a cool thing to kind of basically look under the hood. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also tests for like parasites and things like H pylori. And if you are struck, are you, if you're dealing with any gut issues that have been lingering for a while and you're like, you just feel like something's off. This can be a, a again, another way to like kind of look under the hood and, and really see if there is anything that's, um, that's brewing in there that you, that may not be so great. And then also gives you kind of like, um, you can talk to somebody on the team and they can kind of help you out with like, okay, if you are seeing 
maybe a certain parasite or, you know, something like that, like a tapeworm or whatever it may be. How do you go about, you know, addressing that? And what are the kind of the step-by-step processes with that? Um, How common are tapeworms? Because I'm going to have a nightmare tonight thinking about um, it. I, I don't know how common they are. I will say that I have none. Thank God. Yeah. Thank um, God. If you did, that but, would be a whole other podcast yeah. and I would be asking you so many uncomfortable questions. Uh, okay. Continue. Yeah. So there, um, there's like a parasite. Oh, this is actually a cool thing because I did do a GI effects last year when I was dealing with some of my gut stuff. And I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I was, I did um, have positive for H pylori, which mm-hmm. is actually not as uncommon as people think. Um, or, yeah, it's not as uncommon as people think. Um, but I did go through protocol for that. And it's cool because I tested again and I have a negative on this test. So right. whatever that protocol was, it worked and it hasn't come back, which is awesome. Um, that's cool. another thing too. Like you can test, you do one test, maybe you do another one six months later, right? It's it's giving you information. Um, and so, yeah, so it has like, you know, shows you all that things, say if there's anything that's detected, detect, detected or detective, detected or negative, positive, and then kind of where to go from there. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So some people have maybe heard of, I think one test that's more common out there that I've heard people talk about is called the GI map. Yeah. Um, so the GI effects is pretty much the same thing. It's just through Genova. Um, GI map is through something else. I've only done the GI effects. I've had clients do this too. Um, and it's pretty cool to like, again, be able to look under the hood and really see like, if you are struggling with certain gut issues and you've never done like a test like this, it's just like getting blood work done. Um, you're able to actually kind of see what is, what is going on. Um, and then also get like feedback on it, right? Like you're not just oh, this report's here and I don't know how to read it. Like it's literally a whole educational report. And then you can also talk to somebody on the Genova team that will explain the whole thing to you. Yeah, Um, that's really key. Um, Was the actual process of like taking the test samples and all that, like, because I think some people might be intimidated by that, like that concept of like doing this at home and user error and like, is this going to be really complicated? Like you've done it a few times, but do you find it like quite user-friendly and simple? Yeah. And I mean, I've had clients do it too, and there's been like no issues. I mean, for this one, there's two versions you can do. You can do a one-day test. So it's literally just one sample, um, or you can do the three-day sample. So it basically looks at, you take samples for three days in a row. um, And it kind of just like gives you a little bit more to look at over that three days. Um, and I feel like the dire- the way that Genova lays it out, like they send you the kit. Once you order it, they send it to you. Everything is like step by step. Like this is what you do. This is how you do it. Um, so as long as you can read, <laughs> then you should be totally fine. Um, and they send you like in the kit, they send you all the packaging and the shipping label to send it back. So you don't have to worry about any of that. You literally just do what it says exactly and throw it in the whatever box, Mm -hmm. put the label on it and drop it off at like a UPS or whatever. um, And you're good to go. And I mean, a week and a half or two weeks or whatever, that's actually like a pretty good turnaround when you think, especially that you're doing this, like it's a direct to consumer thing. Like a lot of, a lot of other, I mean, medically operated tests would not come back that quickly. So that's actually Mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's awesome. If anybody has any, maybe more questions about that specific test that Rachel did or about 
Genova specifically. I mean, I have heard time and again, because I've been doing a little bit of research, personal research on another project and Genova, I mean, it is one that comes up over and over again. They're obviously like a very well trusted, respected, um, resource in this, this area, but I have only really truly have only heard good things. And it makes me feel better. Of course, that we're sort of partnering with them on this, but also doing the testing myself, like a lot of medical professionals and people that I have spoken with personally speak really highly of Genova. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel good too. Um, but anyway, if anybody's curious, I'm going to do my, um, test, which we'll talk about at another time. I haven't done it yet. We'll talk about that in another episode um, and talk results and all that kind of stuff. But if anybody has any questions, um, you know where to find us. And also, if you are interested in doing any of this testing yourself, we have a code for you. It's MSW10. You get 10% off any test that you want to do. And their website is gdx.net. And you can go and, and look at all the testing options that they offer. And uh, you know, take a look through. But if you have any questions about anything, send us a message um, at musclescienceforwomen at gmail.com and we'll we'll do our best to support you. Absolutely. And we'll put all that in the show notes description so you can yep. check it out directly. Um, right. Yeah, I think, it. I think that's it. I mean, we got we have more questions, but we have things to do. We'll we do got places time, to yeah. go. So we'll do it next time. But yeah. I'm going to go put a chuck roast in the uh slow cooker oh that sounds good what am i gonna do yeah. i am actually very sadly um low on protein powder and i have not made any ice cream mm. in a really long time and i've actually kind of been craving it so i just ordered some more um active stacks and uh when that comes in i'm gonna make some more uh ice cream, but I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. I, this is the thing about being an adult. Now I have a kid too. Like I have to come up with oh, something. Man. I can't just like yeah. go upstairs and make, I don't know. What did I used to eat before I had a kid? I don't remember. I got to make have something. You, uh, yeah. Have you seen, I, um, you probably, uh, don't need this, but for anybody listening, I just like revamped. I spent hours <laughs> revamping mm. my meal guide, like simple mm. meal planning guide. Nice. Um, and I put it on my website. It's like on the homepage, rgfit.com. You can download it for free. It's like 25 pages of pictures and macros of like all the foods. And I'm sure you've seen me post um, of all like how to basically like build your meals for yes. like simplicity, um, but also adding flavor and, you know, all that stuff. Um, then Love I have it. pictures of all of it. And I'm like, the macros of them and the ingredients and all that. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, just to kind of give you some ideas, just go to rgfit.com, download that. Um, also, um, links in the show notes too, to our programs too, if yes. you want to check those out. I don't know if yes. we mentioned that. Yes. Um, but I did send my mom the guide and literally she just responded. I love Lilo in all the pictures. She's like, <laughs> I don't Lilo care about all in the part. background. I know. She's like, I don't care about any of this, but Lilo's in all those pictures of the, like, she's in the background of the food pictures. And she's yeah. like, I'm just looking at all the Lilo pictures. I'm like, yeah. Okay. That, that is very relatable. I'm like, hi, mom. I want a Nobel prize. She's like, where's my grandson? Anyway. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, all right, guys. Thank you as always for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Don't do super shit and don't be in. Same. There it is. I forgot it. Okay. Uh, bye, bye guys. Bye.